The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor as a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. This is another Friday night show. Um, awesome stuff. Today is the 8th, if you can believe it, of February 2019. It is 6.07 here in the United States in upstate New York. Um, stand up, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable, and I've been going bananas on this stuff today. Um, Obviously, I had to work outside of the business, but that's all I've been saying in my head, driving and doing everything. I came home. I've been listening to a lot of old Vince Lombardi, if you can find it. It's very hard for anybody who doesn't know whom that gentleman was. That was my father's favorite team, that and the New England. Well, I think they were New England Patriots then even um, because my father's originally from Boston. Um, My father was a big lover of, obviously, the New England teams, but he loved Lombardi. And Vince Lombardi reminded me a lot of my grandfather, my father's father, with the horn rim glasses, big man, bigger than Vince. But that same style, gruff, but a guy that loved you to death. And we need more men like that, you know, um, discipline, real discipline, real will. So I've been listening to a lot of that, and uh, we've got a um, – Chad Clark just sent me in a, um, a blog post, uh, so I've got to get that ready, and that will be up this weekend. And if I get time this weekend, because we've got another show tomorrow and I've got a lot of training and stuff to do, I'm either going to do a podcast on my own called I Do, I Demand – or I will do a blog post, but we'll see what happens with that. Now, um, go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com, Winners and Champions, Inc. That is our premier product. That's 14 modules. There's enough material on there. If you really go at it, you could do it the rest of your life. I mean, uh, I can add more and more onto it, but there's more than enough to get started. It's I speak through it. There are people who have asked, well, do you have video? You know, if you want to buy the product, we'll do some video for you, too. It's not a big deal. So go out and look at that. Also, too, investment in Fiorella Barbell Company and motivation and muscle. Um, There's a $25, a $50, and $100 investment. Now, let me tell you this. Um, I'm not going to give her last name without her permission, but I want to thank Deborah for her generosity the other day. Uh, she sent me a very nice um, investment in M&M and FBC, so I thank her for that because um, she's always been very generous. Um, I'll give you a hint. She's very good with a mace, and if you follow her on Facebook, you know who I'm talking about. Um, just an excellent person, and I thank her for her generosity. Um, also, too, let's see. Where do we want to go here? Um well, I already talked about, you know, investing in, in motivation and uh, FBC. So, like I said, go out 
anything you want to give would be very appreciated, and uh, we'll go from there. Also, too, go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. I looked up. We've got 1,040 shows in just a little over uh, four years, which is incredible. I mean, since and I've had to cut down, and we still are just climbing, climbing, climbing. Um, also, sign up for our free newsletter at motivationmuscle.com. And um, go out, once again, more investment. Uh, you can advertise with us. The rates are very reasonable, and there's nobody who's come in here has not had success. And on that note, uh, Don G. Fardino is doing some advertising with us now, obviously, 8xclub.com. Um, Don's been on here quite a bit. We just did a recent show with him. Uh, the first one we did, which was a smash, was called Creativity. And the other day, we're doing more and more. This is my favorite stuff. We talked about winning. Winning, winning, winning. And we're just going to start hammering this more and more and more. Um, And we need to hear this. We need to tell our kids about this, our our nieces and nephews, and get it out there. Um, There are uh, other alternatives than taking it over the head every day and people telling you that you can't do it or why do you want it. we got to stop that now. And I mean that. Um, Also, too, our YouTube channel, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. That's Fiorello Barbell Company. Um, Go out and look at it. There's a ton of stuff. But speaking of the 8X Club, if you go out, he's got a coupon code for $45 off any complete 8X kit, mace, club, arc, big deal kit, and trainer pack. Now, to get $45 off any of that, you have to put in MM19. It's good till the end of March. That's 331. Obviously, the MM is motivation, muscle, 19. So go out to 8xclub.com. Tell Donnie I sent you. Buy a club. I guarantee you, you will have the best time of your life, not only with it, but Donnie's the kind of guy. Donnie stands 100% behind everything, and that's what I like about him so much. He worked very hard to come up with that, and that's just the part about creativity. Injury pushed him to figure out a way to straighten out that shoulder instead of going in and having to get surgery. You can do that, too. Go out and be a creator. Motivate and do it. I'm telling you right now. Now, speaking of someone brand new, you know my feelings on bringing new people in and welcoming them to the Motivation Muscle family. We have Steve Gardner on tonight. Uh, Steve obviously is connected to a lot of people, but Stevie Shanks, uh, a few shows back, said, you got to get Steve on here. Well, I reached out to him, and the gentleman was kind enough to come on. And before we bring Steve in... I'm going to give you a little information about him. Number one, police officer, shot put and discus thrower, boxer, um, power lifter, strong man in Highland Games. Now, John McKean, who everyone knows, is one of my favorites ever. He's a mutual friend of ours. And that's what uh, John said. You got to talk to him about boxing, man. And I said, I will hit it. So, And I told Steve before we're on here now live that John said hello, and I'll say it again because I know John will uh, listen to this for sure. So, Steve, welcome to the family, my friend. It's an honor to have you on, sir. Well, welcome. It's great listening to you. I love the positivity of your messages, and uh, I like the bit you said about winning because winning is a state of mind. You know, brilliant. Let me ask you this, too. Now, I don't know if you have any websites or anything that's coming up or anything. 
anything you've got like that, why don't you throw it out there? And we're going to, as I said, we're welcoming Steve to the family. We're going to get a little bit of his background with the hope that he's going to be a regular on here. And this is a great way for everybody, if you've never heard Steve before, well, now you're going to be introduced to him. So if, if there's anything you want to mention, Steve, if not, I'll start firing questions away. Well, no, I'm just happy to uh, to to see if I can help with, with anything, answer a few questions. You you read out a list of uh, sports that I was involved in there. Those particular sports were in my earlier years, and the latter years have been more involved with the uh, strength sports like tug-of-war and all-round weightlifting. But, yep, yeah, I've been on all of them. <laughs> well, and it's absolutely incredible because you talk about um... – a dossier. I mean, it's just amazing what you've done. Now, one of the things I want to get into, obviously, because you started very young. I know at 12 years old, um, you started with shot put and throwing. Um, what initially got you into that? Was it uh, some athletes you saw? I mean, uh, obviously, a young man of 12 years old. Uh, I, you know, I know here. <laughs> you're not going to see much of that here unless, you know, you're going to a high school or some type of school that teaches it because, you know, we don't see a lot of it here. We got a little bit of Highland games in the fall. But what was it that got you into, um, you know, shot put and discus throwing? Well, you sort of hit the nail on the head there yourself when you mentioned the word school. Okay. Um, I come from a, you know, a sporting background. My dad was a very keen rugby player. Um but, you know, as a 12-year-old kid at school, I was discovering sports and, you know, it was the way I went. I wasn't so good as academically in the classroom. I liked being out on the sports field. Uh, but it was a sports teacher, particular sports teacher, who showed a great interest in, I guess he thought I, may, I had a bit of ability, okay. um, you know, with throwing. Uh, you know, in school for us, you know, at that time, it was uh, you played football, you know, you call that soccer or cricket. Uh, I wasn't too good on those kind of things. But when we started to do other stuff uh, like uh, athletics and swimming and gymnastics, you know, I found that I pretty well got a few strings to my bow. Yep. And uh, I, I enjoyed throwing. And I seem to have an aptitude for it. And I just happened to be lucky enough to have a sports teacher who was really prepared to put some time and effort into helping me. And that's what put me on the road to strength sport, really. That's um, that, that's awesome because that's what I want to ask you, too. You know, some of I know I've been very blessed with people that took interest in what I was doing. How, you know, especially as a young, younger uh, man, very impressionable at that age, you know, and it's great to have parents that, you know, are athletes and, and, or, or whatever, you know, that are very positive and want to see the best for me. But I always found it always seemed to be like the, the guy with the big arms down the street that what they said captivated me more. Maybe it's just because it's somebody else other than your parents, but how important do you feel this teacher was for, to you to start getting you, obviously, you've had such a career in so many sports. Was this teacher really the catalyst that got you really popping, you think? Uh, yeah, I would say without any shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah, you know, you love the support and guidance you, your parents will give you, of course. But I think you are impressed. 
when somebody uh, outside of the family may show an interest, uh, you know, or think that you've perhaps got a bit of an ability. Yep. You know, he, he, he sort of picked me up on that. And uh, I, I, I enjoyed, you know, the challenges he put before me. Um, so I often tell people I started to compete when I was 12 and they think, well, that's awful young. Well, you know, I was a kid competing yeah. at school, yeah. in school, in school athletics. But, you know, one great thing that came from that was, uh, I will never forget it. There was another teacher at the school. He was actually a geography teacher, but he was, uh, he did a little bit of weight training and he was a, a long distance runner. And he, he sold me some weights because, uh, you know, this other teacher had said to me, oh, it'd be great to get yourself a little set of weights and yep. do a little bit of weight training. And I still have those discs. Do you really? Today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 50, year, 50 years on. Yeah, they just they sat in my gym for a few years, all painted up. And I'll never forget them. Uh, just, a, just a couple of simple, you know, set of, uh, of weights. Um, but, you know, that's what got me, first of all, involved in any kind of really physical training. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love that with the weights. Um, talk about something to look back on and put a big old grin on your face. You know what I mean? It's something as simple as that, but yet which carries so much weight in your life still. I mean, that's what yeah. I, when, you know, before we came on. You know, Steve and I were talking about some things and, and, you know, with the kids and, you know, I want to go national with the show. And, you know, when you hear something just like that and you're very interested, maybe you are very young and you're kind of wandering around and you just hear what Steve said. I mean, that put my ear right against what I was listening to. Even though I got headphones on, I pushed it right against my right ear. Why? Because a guy that's been lifting as long as I have and has done some pretty decent stuff, that there inspires the living hell out of me, man. To think something that was whatever, how many years old, 40, 50, whatever, you still got it, man. That is it. That, that To me, yeah. that's like a badge of courage right there. I, that's cool. I, <laughs> yeah. No, I congratulate you, man. Mo, you, know, you, know, you know why I think I like it too now? I don't want to say disposable heroes, but everything to me today feels so disposable. People don't hold yeah. on to things. You know what I mean? It's like here today, gone tomorrow. I'm still one of those sentimental guys, I guess. I like holding on to things maybe too long, you know? But, you know, that's okay. Um, obviously, you're in the swimming. We know that because I, 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 I've got your bio. I've read that. Um, the thing that really interests me is, Geez, at 16, you joined the police uh, service as a cadet. Um, what got you interested in law enforcement, Steve? Well, my dad was a, was a senior police officer. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, I, I grew up, uh, you know, knowing you know, knowing all about the police force. So we, we moved home a lot when I was a kid by my dad, because that's the way it was over here then. The chief constables would move his officers around the county um, to various locations on a regular basis. And as a result of that, you know, I went to, I think, six or seven different schools. Wow. <laughs> I was, I was really fed up a bit. I was really fed up of being the new kid in school. Yeah. But, um, you know, but then that along the way sort of made me realize yeah, I, I had to, I felt I wanted to find my own identity, you know, to yeah. sort of show people, you know, who I was. 
And uh, sometimes, you, you know, it wasn't easy making new friends on a very regular basis. No. But, sure. um, but yeah, my dad was a senior police officer. That wasn't the be-all and end-all to me, really. I mean, I had no great aspiration um, about that job in particular. Uh, it just happened when it came time to, well, what are you going to do when you leave school? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine went along for uh, an interview and then they take the exam to join the police cadet service. And honestly, that's how it happened. And he, he didn't want to go on his own, so I went with him. <laughs> and uh, okay. the, funny, the funny thing about that was he didn't actually get in, and, and I did. You did. Uh, and I just figured, I figured, oh, well, I guess I've got somewhere to, like, stay for a while. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. So absolutely. that was honestly how I got involved in, in, in the job, you know. Well, I mean, um, I understand, too. I mean, you want to lay some roots somewhere. You don't want to be, you know, here, there, and everywhere. And it... You know, let's face it, it's hard on kids to move and move and move and, like you said, be the new guy all the time, all the time, all the time. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah it, 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 it does. I mean, uh, you know, I pretty well stayed stayed put where I am yeah, for, yeah. since I've been married for the last 40 years. Wow, that's <laughs> but, um, awesome. I like to travel, I like to travel, but I also like being rooted where I am now, you know. Yeah, well, I, I, but, I, I think it's good, you know, I like, I don't want to put this. I like to, um, well, I love risk, obviously, number one. Obviously, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I, I wasn't willing to risk everything. Um, but I also think you do need roots. You do need stability. And, you know, I see with my sister's family and my brothers and all that, you know, um, yeah, the siblings are all together and everything. But, you know, um, it's good to know that your home is there. And, you know, you go home, the period, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you're not being told, oh, well, kids, we're, we're going to have to move again, you know, and I think that has an awful lot to do with how these kids formulate things, too, um, because, you know, I don't know about, I, well, I've talked to um, Charlie a lot about things, you know, in Scotland and all, and, you know, the trends with kids and all this stuff. And I think now more than ever, I think kids need stability. They need to know there's someone or something there that they can always go home to. And I think now more than ever, uh, especially younger kids need that. Uh, I think there's such a, I think the world has just become a little bit too quick. Um, there's too many things going on all the time. There's so much media now. There's, you know, we see in the States here, the stuff that's going on is just, I've never seen anything like this. I stay as disconnected from it as I can. But I think a kid yeah. is different. They don't understand a lot of the stuff that's going on. There's people formulating opinions for them that they don't need. You know, um, as my mom used to always say, go out and play, be a kid. You don't have to worry about anything else. Wait till you get a little bit older, then you can start doing it, you know. But for now, go out yeah. and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, the young people get a bad press, uh, you know, and some of them deserve that today. But, you know, it's not really the kids, is it? It's no. the people no. that bring them up. It's the people that influence them, uh, the people that bring them into the world and look after them. And somewhere we've broken down in society a little bit. And yeah. a lot of kids out there 
are, are lost. Yeah. You know, well, one thing I've enjoyed for the last 30 years, you know, when I've been coaching, uh, particularly, you know, weightlifting coaching, running my gym for 37 years yep. and uh, running the tug of war team, coaching people in the team for over 30 years. As in, I've really, really enjoyed coaching youngsters, young people, yeah. showing them that there is somewhere that they can, you know, come and train and become and feel a part of something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interact, interact with some decent human beings and other adults and, and, you know, learn some ethics about, you know, about looking after yourself, fitness, sport, you know, and hopefully some of the good stuff in life. Whereas a lot of kids that are neglected end up in the wrong place, yeah. exposed to the wrong kind of things. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I joined the police cadet service. As you said, I was 16 years of age, Amazing. 16 and a half. Yeah. And, uh, wow, it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. I mean, not because of, not because of the law enforcement side of it, but because, uh, in those days when you joined the police academy, it was a little bit like, um, the military. Sure. Discipline. So, you know, a, yep. a lot of our instructors were ex, yep. uh, army, uh, you know, or you know, those kind of sort of uh, trainers. And um, we went through the, um, the square bashing through the training, you know, the, the boot camp as, yeah. as you yep. call it. Yep. And you know what? I absolutely loved it, lapped it up. It was absolutely magnificent. And, you know, I feel so sorry that not so many young people today get the opportunity to be exposed to that kind of thing. Most of them would turn their nose up and say, oh, I don't really think I'd want to be a part of anything like that, you know. But yep. having done it, yep. wow, it was a fantastic experience. So, you know, I loved it because of the the, the discipline, the training. Uh, yeah, I think it makes men out of boys. You no, know? no, I agree with you. Um, I was going to say, you said discipline. There's nothing like standards. There's nothing like basics, whether we talk about a deadlift, a squat, and with me with pressing, I mean, I love overhead, but, you know, when a bench press is done properly, uh, that's a great yeah. movement too. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and, you know, let's face it, basics are basics. Well, I, I had somebody say to me, well, why do you keep doing them over and over? I said, because basics never end. Every time I do think about this, because I say this to people when I listen to things and the way I'm rewiring my DNA and I'm doing so many things now to myself that I never would have got into if I didn't go out and start thinking and trying to find other things to learn and how does your mind work and, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And yeah. I keep I keep saying to people Every time, all right, let's just say there's a book you like, like one, the classic book that I read over and over. I've read it halfway again. It's a classic, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Um, it's just absolutely incredible. The lessons, obviously, anybody that doesn't know anything, he was uh, hired by Andrew Carnegie, biggest steel magnet of that era, worth millions on top of millions, to find out. What was the secret of the successful people? What did they do different? Well, I'm going to tell you something right now, and I, I'm not. I'm going to get into that book one of these days, full full throttle. But I, this is yeah. what I want to tell everybody. It's the same way with your training. Think about this. Say that book you hadn't read in, let's just say, two years. Every time you pick something up like that, you have changed mentally. Okay, and by that I mean. 
things that you didn't recognize in that book two years ago now suddenly dawn on you and you say, holy cow, it makes sense to me now. Now I can implement this into my life even more so. It's the same way like Steve's talking about with the gym and kids because I, I, I there's a lot of wayward people out there. A lot, And it's not only kids. I meet people out everywhere. I was telling Steve, you know, and – you say hello to them or good morning, they seem startled or it's like this this is uh, this day effing is this and that. I don't even listen to that anymore. I'll walk away from you. My point of the matter is our habits can make us or break us. And most of the people have been habitually told or they read the things that are no good for them. And what happens, folks, is this. Without getting in this, because I want to get right back to Steve with boxing. Um what ends up happening, and this will be the easiest way to describe it to you, is you end up creating layers upon layers of you, uh, of things going on subconsciously. And what ends up happening is you end up getting into this sequence of layers that are mainly negative, and then you wonder why, you know, you say, well, this day is blah, 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 or I can't get anywhere, or my boss hates me. Let me tell you, folks, your subconscious mind is always listening what you're feeding it. Feed it positive things. Start to override these things. Now, look, if you've been around for 30, 40 years, it's going to take a lot of work, but it's well worth it. Steve, you can comment on any of that if you want. If not, uh, that's what John was saying. He goes, make sure you ask him about boxing. So if there's, any, if you want to comment, then I said subcon- with the subconscious mind, yeah. be my guest. If not, and then if you do, let's go right into your boxing, sir. Well, you know, I was listening to everything that you said and enjoying listening to Thank it. Thank you. Um, you. You were talking about the the book and the positive messages that come from that. Uh, you mentioned a guy called Vince Lombardi oh, yeah. uh, earlier on. And I remember well that one of my first, uh, well, he was a bit of a hero of mine, really. He became a very great friend, uh, an American lifter that I met um, in 87 at the first all-round world championships, and he was from Valley Forge, um, Pennsylvania, and his name was John Vernaccio. He's passed on now, John. Yep. Um, but he had a big uh, picture of Vince Lombardi at the side of his desk and, yep. and some quotes by Vince Lombardi. So I didn't know who he was before those days, you know, but I learned quickly. And, uh, yeah, he he loved and respected that guy, and I realized that a lot of people did. Yeah. And, uh you know, stood by a lot of, of, of what he said. But, um, well, yeah, hey, no, hey, Steve, Steve, not to interrupt you, um, yeah. anybody that played for him, this is what's so interesting when people try to tell you the other end of the alphabet. Every player that played for him was either a business owner or some type of success in like Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies. This guy yeah. turned out winners winners yeah yeah and yeah, absolutely and and i don't care if it was 1965 or it's 2019 right now i know i love to hear people say well it's a different world i said is it really is it only a different world just by by what they're putting up out there as i got news for you people are still people inside and everybody yeah. i you know i say this all the time on the show everyone's unique what do you mean by that well there's only one steve gardner that i know of. maybe there's other guys with that name out there but there's only one genetically 
Steve That's Gardner. Right. Okay. Same way with me. Same way with other people. And when I yep. say unique, I mean that wholeheartedly because there's no one like you out there. And this is what I'm getting at with everything. And and I'm trying my damnedest to to convince people that look. <laughs> Nothing is as hopeless as people are telling you. You can do things. But here's the thing, and this was the greatest thing, I, and he even said it when he's on the shows. Um, Steve Jack, I mean, I'll always be a fan of his, and we lost him last year to pancreatic cancer. And he was yeah. the one that got me to go to Iceland and lift that Husafell stone, even though I tore my bicep. Um, he would always say, shoulder some responsibility. And yeah. when you can do that, folks, you can get places. Go ahead and comment, Steve, and we'll get right into boxing. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's like uh, somebody once said, you know, people are out there looking for identity, looking what to identify with, trying to work out who they are and how they should be. Yep. You know, and the answer to that is the answer to that is just be yourself. And like uh, one of the famous actors said one time, be yourself because everybody else is taken. Yeah, you know? That's great. Every, yep. Everybody yep. has a story. Everybody yeah. has, you know, something. Yeah. They just need to find it sometimes and don't forget it and work on it a bit, you know? Well, and, and, and just, just re- realize that you are important. I don't care what people tell you. Just, you know, sometimes, well, yeah. we know winning, being a little bit uh, the one that stands in front of the class Sometimes yep. it can be a little bit of a lonely life for a while because when you're doing things like that, you are like the salmon swimming upstream, and people fear that. They fear it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, uh, it, it all comes down to confidence as well, knowing what you're doing or hopefully knowing what you're doing and having the confidence. Yeah. Um, people, a thing I've come up against a lot over the years is recognition. Yep. People struggle with recognition. Yep. They want to be recognized by this group. They want to be recognized by that group. Or who should they be recognized by? My, I always said to people, who the heck do you want to be recognized by? Recognize yourself. Yeah. If you believe in what you do and, you know, believe in who you are, recognize yourself. Once you were confident that actually that's all the recognition I need. Yeah, then you and, can go and, anywhere. Yeah. And not and not <laughs> yeah. only that, and not only that, we do know people will recognize you and want to be part of your circle. Because that's just yeah. the law of the universe where you will attract the people, places and events eventually yeah. in yeah. your life. See, yeah. you hit it right on the head with confidence and courage and discipline. And one of the things I love Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich is this. Obviously, most people don't have a goal. They're scattered all over. But when you decide the goal that you want to go after and achieve, the main thing is you have to have a burning desire. And when I say that, you eat it, you sleep it, you write it down, you think about it, you visualize it. Oh, my God, I don't know if I can do all that. Okay. Then you start smaller and begin. If you don't want to do that, yeah. here's what I say to people. Don't complain that you're not happy with your life. Yeah, okay? absolutely. That, I, yeah. I yeah. mean, it, without hurting your feelings or saying something that is really going to set you back 10 years, I usually say that, and, you know, they have a look on their face, and I'm like, you should really rethink what you're talking about. Um, I love the idea. This The boxing, man. Um, 
I, obviously, that was when you were on the police force. Obviously, when I was yeah, oh, when I was a youngster, right. yeah. Um, but then I I saw you know when I was reading this uh, before we came on, obviously, at nineteen, you won the Staffordshire heavyweight boxing title. Now, tell us tell us about the sequence of events between like sixteen to nineteen with the boxing. What what got you interested in boxing, or you were you always into pugilism, which I love? Well, I, but well, I, I developed an interest for it, but uh, I had no knowledge of, of boxing other than you know watching it on TV. And uh, at the time, like everybody else, thought Muhammad Ali was pretty amazing. Yep. Um, you know, but I, I never realized I was ever going to do any boxing. And I joined the police cadet service, and you know, one of the things they do that they did then. I don't know if they still do it today, was like, um, you know, everybody who joins boxes. Oh, do they? Yes, they do. You <laughs> I put love the gloves it. On. Yep. You can put the gloves on and you go in there. Now, you know, at the end of the day, they want to see, I think, what they're looking. It's part of your training. They're just looking to see if you're prepared to stand up and try and give a bit back. They're not looking for anybody to be a classy boxer. Right, right. They just want to right. see if you can defend yourself, if you're prepared to go in there and mix it up if you've got to. Because I guess you wouldn't be much use as a police officer if you if you were never going to step forward into the breach you know, at the time when you need to. Sure. So anyway, in in you go, and everybody does a bit of boxing. But, you know, from that first uh, couple of times that, that we would have to do that, they would then, I guess, pick out people that they think might make a boxer. Sure. And then, then it becomes, a, you know, you can move into phase two if you want to. And that was the way it was. It was a choice. Right. You know, are you interested in coming into the boxing squad and we'll do a bit of work with you? Well, you know, I did. And um, I did enjoy it, I, I must say. <laughs> Although, you know, at, at the end, I decided boxing probably wasn't for me to continue. Right. Uh, you know, beyond, I think when I was about 20, I think I moved on to other things. But uh, really and honestly, I wasn't, I guess, not really a true fighter, uh, a, a true boxer, you know, in so much as I didn't really want to hurt anybody. So <laughs> right, right. if I knocked anybody out or... You know, I wanted to sort of say, hey, sorry, buddy, how are you? Are you okay? <laughs> now come up, you know. But, of course, you, you've got to have a killer instinct to yeah, be a good don't. boxer. Yeah. But yeah. I did enjoy the, the sport and what I enjoyed, again, it comes back to the same thing, the discipline and the training. Yeah. I have to say, I was never so fit as when I was boxing um, for those short two or three years that I was boxing. Oh, man, were we fit. Yeah. And uh, it was fantastic. Um as for the boxing itself, yeah, I did okay. You know, I did okay. I uh, I remember going for my first fight. I was selected to fight for the, the Midlands Police Forces against the London Metropolitan. Okay. Uh, now, the London ABA, they had a big squad, and they were very always very well turned out, good boxers. Yep. And so I'm fighting for the Midlands Police Forces. And uh, there was uh, – I'll never forget it. We, we went down to London, we were fighting on their turf, and uh, there was a kid within the squad. There's always one. you know. He yeah. looked yep. like the mean deal. He looked like a little Rocky Marciano yep. like character. Yep. And, of course, everybody's going, oh, I wonder who's got him. Oh, yeah. I wonder who's got him. Yeah. So when we go for weigh-ins, guess who got him? You that got him, me. right? <laughs> <laughs> so this is my first proper major fight. Yeah. And um, I got to admit, you know, I was nervous. Yeah. I, I think anybody would be sure. in that situation. 
But um, I went into the to the ring to fight this guy, and uh, I'm standing in my corner, and I just sort of they put you a box down that you stood in. And in those days, you'd put stand in the box, get a bit of chalk or grit on your shoes. Yeah. He was in the other corner, and he was doing all the shadow boxing. Of course, it was a London crowd, so he'd got a lot of supporters there, and he's giving it all the big one and waving and, you know, really putting it on in his corner. And I'm stood in the other corner thinking, crikey. <laughs> you know, he, he looks like he's going to just smash me if I'm not careful here. So, But, you know, I thought, well, what am I going to do? I'll just do what they taught me to do. I, 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 the bell went. I thought, well, you know, if I don't hit him, he's going to hit me. Sure as hell. So yeah. I went in, put my head down. A couple of exchanges, threw one over the top, I don't know where from, and uh, knocked him out. No kidding. Holy cow. Yeah, the the crowd went crazy. (laughs) Then I didn't even know. He he didn't get up for a while, and I'm sent to the other corner and whatever. Anyway, the long and short of it was that I really didn't think I stood much of a chance of doing anything. It was my first fight. This guy looked really classy, looked like he knew the business. And, you know, I thought I was probably going to get my head punched. Yep. And and that didn't happen. And I thought, well, okay, learn a lesson from that. You know, I just went in, put my head down, threw one over the top, knocked him out. Wow. So, uh, so from then on, they were quite interested in me in the, in the squad and they did a lot of work with me. Yep. But I fought uh, Southpaw just was natural to me. They yeah. spent all the time trying to convert me to be an ox- orthodox fighter, right, you know, to right. lead with the left. That never happened. Yeah. So anyway, I just, uh, you know, I, I think I had 19, 18 or 19 fights uh, as a youngster, and I did win the Staffordshire heavyweight title. Uh, but then I think I sort of decided to call it quits. Yeah. Um, but I had enjoyed my boxing. It taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about fitness, endurance, about um, com- confidence, having a bit of, you know, deciding to have some get up and go when you get in the ring, <laughs> you know, because yeah, if yeah. you don't, if you don't, you're gone. Right. Um, so I think I learned a lot from it. And well, I did, well, en- you know, I did enjoy it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Um, and obviously I want to hit some of the tug of war and, um, we, we've got, yeah. you know, with time permitting, um, obviously I want to get in a little bit with the power lifting. And yeah. uh, a, a gentleman that signed on to our Etched in Stone page is Jeff Capes, who uh, obviously yeah. you've had some involvement with. But let me, you know, yeah. one thing Great. I'm kind of hearing through this whole interview here with you, it just seems to me what I'm gathering is you're definitely a man of discipline. And you've had an awful lot of success, obviously, through your career. I mean, I know there's more things that go with it, but it, you know, I'm kind. Of, I, I'm thinking to myself about that right now. Is it the discipline you think that you just love so much that just makes you so damn good? I'm, I, and I know there's other ingredients, but is it the discipline you think that you like so much that creates this uh, great athlete you are? Well, you sort of flatter me by those comments, but I mean, I've had some success in the different areas of different things that I've decided to pursue and do. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. some more, more success in some areas than others. Yeah. But as a as a competitor, as an athlete, and then as a as a coach. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, discipline is really, uh, uh, you know, it, it's everything. Yeah. I mean, down down to just the small things like 
you know, in my gym, everybody who came to my club, and I coached a lot of lifters over the years, um, but everybody who came to the club knew everything in my gym, every weight, every plate, every yep. bar had had a place that it lived. And, you know, we take it from where it sits to use. And when we finished, we always put it right back in the same place. Yeah. And some people used to think that's slightly amusing of me. And I wouldn't go home at night when I shook, when I closed up. You know, yeah. I'd yeah. make sure I went round to make sure everything was back where it yeah. should be. Yeah. Um, don't ask me why. That's just the way it was imprinted into me. Yeah. And it was the way I operated. And I always said, you know, if you leave everything where you found it, you know exactly where it is. Um, discipline. Yeah. Training. Um, I thought oh, the people I coached over, over the years, hundreds, and you know, you've met them all and, uh, you've met all these kinds of people. Yeah. So there are people who think that they train all the time and actually they don't yeah. bless them. Yeah. They mean to, yeah. they have, they have they start off with that ambition but sometimes it wanes and so they do come for two weeks and then miss a week and then come for a session and then miss three weeks yeah uh but you speak to them at the end of a period of time and they think they've been coming all the time throughout yeah and you know you feel like well i'm sorry i don't know how to break this to you but you're just not really that dedicated no. to what you're doing nope. if you want to see results you have to be there. Yeah. And, you know, I said to so many people in the gym over the years, there's no secret ingredient here. If you put the work in, you put the time in, you be in the gym, you're regular, and don't let it, you know, don't don't sort of just, just leave out. You've got to stick to it. Yeah. And if you do that, there is no question you will see results and uh, you'd be able to chase whatever it is that you're looking for. But you've got to be dedicated. You've got to be in there. You've got to be putting the time in. You've got to sow the seed to reap the crop. You know, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why yeah. I always say, you know, when I brought up basics and, you know, here especially, you know, supplement, 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 and that's really the case. I mean, my brother-in-law coaches uh, varsity football in high school, and, you know, you'll hear the kids, it's like, well, I'm taking this creatine or I'm taking this and that. Now, there's been a lot of good studies on creatine. It's nothing against that. But the point of the matter is I think a lot of the mentality now more than ever is, well, if I can take this, I'm not going to have to work as hard in the gym. I'm not going to have yeah. to put in the time for the squats, you know, or yeah. the yeah. pain of the bar. Um, you know, you hit it right on the head. I mean, you got to show up. You got to be there, you know. That's why I train alone pretty much now. I mean, with what I do here, you're not going to get a lot of takers when, you know, it's 10 below out and you're outside carrying stones around, you know, and you're freezing right. your yeah. ass off, right? Um, <laughs> yep. But here's the deal. I think, and I will always say this, I mean, um, I trained with my brother and my best friend who was like family. We had a falling out many years ago. We had trained together for like a decade. But I was starting to go a different route. You know, a lot of the power rack work, which I still do. Um, a lot. I started getting into thick bars and stuff like that. Why? I don't know. I read stuff. You know, at the time, I read a lot of Hard Gainer and Milo and whatever I get my hands on. The old Perry Raider, Iron Man, whatever, all right? Um, and things began to change. They used to pretty yeah, much yeah. laugh laugh at me, all right? Ah, that stuff doesn't do anything, blah, 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 blah. What it came down to, 
they I don't think they understood it and they were not this is the thing I see with a lot of people Steve they're afraid of getting embarrassed okay yeah and and, yep. and if you're going to do a lift that you could easily do but suddenly you're doing it from a dead start with no rebound and you don't come off the rods and there's all these people looking at you that is more important, I think, to a lot of people than taking it on the chin. And I took it on the chin plenty. Well, to make a long story short, that split, I ended up building my gym here behind my house. Um, it, I, I won't lie to you, it, 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 it was very difficult at times, all right? But, yeah. but yeah. I, w- yeah. I went through it. And it made me better than ever because you know what? I, I, I thank Steve Jack for it because I don't know if I ever would have touched a stone, but because of all these different events that that had transpired, one thing just seemed to grow into another and another yep. and another. They're still doing what they do. We talk now, but none of them ever come over here and touch the thick bar. I could be dead. I've got the old school 55 gallon barrels and I do with the Apollo axle, the hand thigh deadlift with it. And the only way I can load it obviously is throwing the plates inside the barrels, which makes it super awkward because you know, I don't have to tell you, but stuff like that. They, they, the question is always, well, what is the validity of it? What good does that do? I'm like, all right, you grab a 500, 650 pound barrel. All right. Uh, an Apollo axle, and that thing is trying to walk you left and right when you go to deadlift it, and you're telling me there's nothing that's good about it. So, you you know, this is where I came into my own, all right? And when we talk about discipline and the will and and bars freezing to your throat and to your chest (laughs) and all this shit. Now, I've said to people, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm not condoning that, but for me – whether it was by accident or by my free will or both, it works for me. All right, That's it. And I don't, yeah. I don't have to sit there and wait for somebody who's 10 minutes late or they come in and they want to start talking because that's not how I work. We come in, we say hello, we pretty much know each other what we're going to do today and we're going to help each other load, do whatever we got to do. And then when we get done, we can talk like it was our last day together. All right. Yeah. But yep. other than yep. that, I don't want to hear it, man. I don't want to hear it unless the roof falls down on us. I don't want to hear it. All right. So well, that's great. You found, yeah, you found where you're at. You found what works for you. You found what motivates you. Yeah. And uh, that, that's really important. I mean, I, I think, you know, I did quite a number of sports through my sporting career. And a, a lot of it comes down to uh, being enthusiastic about just yeah. just being a part of stuff but also meeting people and who you meet yep. and then things take you off at strange tangents Boy, like uh when i you know we were talking about when i was boxing shortly after i finished in boxing i got involved in tug of war yeah that's interesting uh, which yep. was just a phenomenal team sport yeah um you know i it just i just loved it uh, and then, of course, a friend of mine introduced me to a guy who ran a, a powerlifting and weightlifting club. Yep. And so I got involved in that at a similar sort of time. Yep. And I loved the challenge of the two different sports. The, the tug-of-war is a totally a team sport. There's no room for an individual in tug-of-war. You have to be yep. fantastic as a team. Everything has to be done together. Yep. Uh, whereas, you know, the weightlifting was, was an individual sort of approach. And so there was two complete different contrasts, two different challenges. 
Um, I did some powerlifting and I, you know, then I got introduced to uh, some guy who was running a strongman competition yep. and said, oh, you, you, you powerlifters come and have a go. I end up going along to take part in my first uh, middle and strongest man it was uh, over here in, in the Midlands. Yep. Um, and and I never knew that this was going to be the case, but the guy who came along to adjudicate that competition was the new world's strongest man that year, Jeff Capes. Yeah, awesome. Now, yep. now, now what, what was really strange above that was the fact that as a kid, I was a, a shot putter. Yeah. And I was this discus thrower too, but I was a shot putter and I'd made the All England Schools finals. I'd competed for Stoke uh, AC in the Battle of Britain trophy. Um, shot putters, you know, I looked up to and of course, Jeff Capes was the best we'd ever had. Yeah. So as a 15-year-old, I think I had a poster of him on my bedroom wall. Yep. You know, he was an idol. Yeah. And I never I never thought I was going to meet him. Yeah. And, of course, he came along to the competition. We shared a few words. And Jeff was an ex-police officer um, as well. And I was still a serving officer at that time. And he, he just whispered in my ear, okay, make sure you do it. I've got some money on you. And uh, like <laughs> – yeah, no pressure there. Love it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't win. I actually came second that year. But what happened from there was uh, what a what a what a great friend that I made with Jeff. You yep. know, at the time he was a really helpful, supportive guy. Yep. And uh, he, when he learned that I was a, a thrower, then he said, "Well, have you ever done Highland Games?" I said, "No, but." Heck, I'm sure as hell want to try. Yeah, you know? sure, sure. So then I was over to Jeff's place a few times and training with some of the guys that used to throw for him in his in his you know his little his touring team that we had at the time. And so yeah, I did for a few years. I, I was doing some uh, strongman shows for Jeff and uh, Island Games. Now you know I was only an also ran sort of at the time, making up the numbers, but. Boy, oh boy, was I lucky to mix with some of the very, very greats of the time. Yeah. I mean, just it was just amazing. I I had never thought I was going to be meeting the people that I'd seen on the TV. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then be competing um, alongside I, I mean, you, you know, know, I, I John Paul Sigmerson, I mean, come on, we, I mean, unbelievable people well, you've been well, involved yeah, with. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you'd remember a guy called Grizzly Brown. Um, you know, I think he, I've he seen. I think I've seen him before. I, yeah, you know, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this, Steve, and I'll, I'll let you take it right away. Yeah. I, I don't get me wrong. I like WSM. All right, I, I do. All right, but once in a while, CBS now obviously bought all the rights from ESPN because yeah, yeah. you know that big joke that all of them were on steroids, and then they decided to put the. Um, what do you want to call it? Um, oh, uh, uh, CrossFit. And then I had to oh, laugh yeah. when they busted a whole bunch of them for taking anabolics. So I was like, wow. But uh, yeah. that doesn't even matter. Um, I love no. when I, I'll turn the channel on. It's usually late at night if I'm up. And you'll yep. see the old world's strongest man. I enjoy those yeah. much more than anything today. I do. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just – go ahead. I was going to say it was a lot of fun, you know, at the time, and I really uh, enjoyed the, yeah. the challenges, and uh, I was very grateful to Jeff Capes. He was a real great help to me at the time. Yeah. Now I did that for a few years with Jeff, but, 
you know, um, I did okay. I could hold my own, but uh, I was only five ten and a half. I wasn't tall enough to. I wasn't as big as some of the big big guys. Yeah. So I do okay on some of the events, but you know, I'd struggle a little bit on car turnover and that kind of thing because I wasn't tall enough to lift the car high enough. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, and uh, of course, I was very very proud to beat John Paul Zygmuntson in that World Laurie Pool Championships in, in 1985. That's awesome. Um, awesome. You know, well, it's a little, it's, it feels like a little feather in my cap. Hey, hey, hey you know what? He was a super strong guy. Le- legend. Yeah. I mean, you, let me ask you this too. Um, yeah. I'm sure you've met him. Uh, Bill Kazmaier, obviously, you've had yeah, interaction yeah, with. Yeah. Yep. Okay. No. I've met Bill, yeah. Um, yeah, well, we're, we're going to try to get him on here too. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is, and we'd like to get Jeff Capes on, I, I sent him a note even, too, and I've said before on the show, anyone that knows him or knows how to get a hold of him, we'd love to have him on here, because um, not only is it just like with yourself, the people that you've met, the stories you tell, and I mean, we haven't even gotten into where I want to get, because we're, we're getting near the end of the show right already, if yeah. you can believe it. Um it's not only that, you know, we talked about inspiring other people and, and letting people know that, you know, and I, I said it before, when you're ready for it, things yeah. and people and events are going to come into your life. You know, like you said, I never thought I'd meet Jeff Capes. Well, I never knew I'd have you on here. I never knew, you know, when I read about John McKean. I read for years of articles John wrote in Hard Gainer. All right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. boy, I wish I could meet this guy. Now I talk to him on the phone all the time. All right. There you go. Uh, yeah. I, you know, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's just an amazing thing like, how this stuff like all I, transpires. Yeah. You know, like I said earlier, you know, a lot of it comes down to who you meet at what particular time. And and then things can turn in a different direction. You know, um, when I was doing the Strongman stuff all those years ago, I did it for a while and really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. But um, I, I also was trying really hard to get into the the British powerlifting team. There was a, a drug-free powerlifting uh, organization, and I was trying to get into the team. And you had to win, you know, your class to to, to lift for Britain. And sure. I think I got, th- I think I had three bronze medals before I got silver, and then eventually did win some golds and got to go and compete, um, you know, internationally. And, you know, that was a fantastic thing for me too. I really enjoyed that. Did that for a few years and had some success with that, really. Uh, I was European heavyweight champion in 90, 1990, or I think it was 1990, yep. uh, out in Belgium. I mean, I used to tell you so many funny stories about stuff that happened <laughs> too, but maybe another time. No, definitely, anyway, you know, without a doubt. I, 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 yeah, I got in, got into the to the weightlifting, and then I had a pretty nasty knee uh, accident, yep. and you know that ended up me being invalided out of my job. Yeah. Um, and then I had to rebuild my knee a little bit. And, and then I took a much bigger interest in the sport of all-round weightlifting. I'd been involved in all-round weightlifting for a little while right. whilst I was still powerlifting. But then the uh, all-round world opened up for me, and I actually discovered something fantastic. Now, you said earlier about people you basically touched on people not wanting to step out of the comfort zone. Yeah. If they are good at something, they maybe don't want to be exposed somewhere else where they may not be so right. good. Right. You know, and I was from a powerlifting background at the time, and I was one of only a few powerlifters that would actually have a go 
at all-round lifting. Yeah. Now, I loved, because I loved the strongman side, because I loved, you know, all-round weightlifting encompasses the history yep. of weightlifting. So we we still have today records being broken and, and reset on old-time lifts that go all the way back to the, you know, the beer German beer sure. gardens and, you know, the, all the old-time lifters that people were influenced by. And, you know, so this new world opened up to me. But I was aware that there were people who were good powerlifters. And I said, come and have a go. You know, well, what are the lifts? Well, there's a one-hand snatch and a, and a one-hand deadlift. And yeah. Then, yeah. You know, and I could tell there's this feeling of I'm pretty good at what I do. I don't know if I need to expose myself to something where I might not be so good. Right. You right. know, and and, th- and that is an awful shame because there's so much involved in the sport of all-round weightlifting. It's a little bit like being a decathlete yep. in uh, in athletics. You know, you don't have to be the best at any particular thing, but you try to be fairly proficient across the board. So that involves all kinds of strength training. Every kind of muscle group, you know, grip, well, grip particularly, of course, is is so important. And, uh, you know, w- what I wanted to say was the one thing that is very important is that you do what you think is the right thing to do and follow your own path or yep, follow your yep, own dream. Yep. You see, when I was trying to uh, qualify to lift in the British power, drug-free powerlifting team all those years ago, as a few people said to me at the time, you know what your trouble is? I go, go on, what is my problem? <laughs> you're, you're too busy helping other people. Because you see, from right from day one, yep. I always coach, I always lifted with a group and trained with a group and I coached others. I just enjoyed it. It was just me. Yeah. Now, people tried to tell me, you want to stop that and then concentrate, be selfish and concentrate just on you. Yep. And I, I thought about it and I thought, well, that might work for some, and I can see why it would, but it didn't work for me. Right. And so I, I just did what I did anyway, and I still made it to where I was hoping to be. Yeah. No, um, that makes so, sense. Yeah. So you know, don't I don't think people should be put off by what others will tell them. Listen, have a think about it, take it on board, but then still, you know, follow your own path. Well, you're um, right because you got to, yeah. you know, you're the one who makes the decisions, nobody else. And, yeah, that, and that's the way right. it is. I want to ask you a couple more questions, though, before we sign off today. Yeah. Um, you talked about the one-arm lifts, and I think they're dynamite, especially when, you know, you're playing with maybe a two-inch handle or whatever. Do you feel, in your opinion, because I'm a big believer in, in one-arm, I love dumbbells, all right? And yeah, I don't mean, yeah, the, yeah. I don't mean the, the stuff you see most of these people doing. I'm talking about... Thick-handled clean and press, uh, thick-handled uh, bent rows, um, yeah, yeah. Um, farmer's walk. I mean, I, I've got the implements to do it, but I still like using a thick handle. Obviously, your grip's going to be the determining factor, et cetera, et cetera. What is your feeling as far as anything, like a stone lifter, a power lifter? But let's just center on, like, stones because everybody's doing a lot, a lot of things, all right? How do you feel, in your opinion, do the one-arm dumbbell lifts, are they very beneficial, you feel, for that type of sport? I would say that any kind of lifting training is going to benefit you immensely in in all kind of ways i yep. mean you you grip you talked about thick handle training yep wow you can't get better grip training than thick handle training right you know which is why one of the reasons it's become so popular 
Um, and, you know, grip is so important. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do. Of course, I'm talking from a weightlifter sure, perspective. Sure, sure. But, you know, if you don't have a grip, you're not going to lift anything up. No. So you, the grip is so important. And I tell people so often, you know, I see people using lifting straps and, yeah, okay, that's great. But you need to work your grip. Yep. Your grip is all important. If you can't grip it and lift it up, then you're not going to go anywhere. As for benefits of training, uh, dumbbells are awesome uh, bits of kit to work with. Um, anything that can set you a you know a physical challenge. You, there, you know, I'm struggling to, to to think what anybody might say is a complete waste of time. You know, in yeah. lifting, um, I, I think you've got to look for the things that you think uh, are helping you that make you feel good yeah. and chase them. You know, yeah. the, 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 everybody and his dog wants to be um, the guru today to tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And, you know, one thing I learned over many years is there is no just uh, completely 100% right way to do anything. No, you're right. You're right. There, there, yep. there are a number of ways that people can do. You know, when I was coaching people, I would say, well, we're going to do this training. We're going to do these lifts. Uh, I would never say, I'm going to show you how to do this lift, and this is the way you must do it, and this is the way you should do it. There is no other way. Exactly. I would always say to people, I've been around a long time, yep. and I've seen lots of different ways that I've seen this lift done, and from my experience shows me this is probably the best way to go, but let's see. Yeah, you know, because exactly. Every, yep. We're all built differently. Everybody's got different levers and, you know, abilities. Um, that's the one good thing about all-round weightlifting. If you want to be a competitor in all-round weightlifting, there are so many different things that you can have a go at. And, you know, everybody is good at some stuff. Oh, yeah. So all the different lifts that we do, uh, you know, uh, some lifts – People may, yeah, I don't shine so much on that one. Uh, but on a, another couple of lifts that can come up, yes, that's mine. And, you know, and that's where you can really shine. Yeah, I but, mean, it's um, because, it's nice to be able to put your yeah. signature on something, you know? That's, yeah. That's yeah. the whole thing. And what people shouldn't forget also is don't neglect the stuff you're not so good at. Yeah. Really work yep. hard. Yep. Because those, those lifts could be in a tournament and you could pick up an extra five or ten kilos, which could make the difference between third and second or second and first. You know, it's all important. No. Um, well, I'm you, very passionate about it. <laughs> no, you are. But, Steve, you know what? Those are fundamentals that are lost now. You know, it's yeah, all, yeah. everything's all for naught now. It's like, you know, I, I did an article. And I was talking about, you know, uh, there was some stuff out there one time. They put it out on Etched. Um, you know, uh, Martin Janzix and I did a show, and he's a big believer in um, dumbbell curls for lifting stones. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, like them or not, I, I like them, but I, that, I don't know. I do more with stones for curling. Um, I do isometric holds yeah. with them against the garage wall, et cetera, et cetera. So I, the ones I use, because I usually do them between sets, just it's a thing I've come up with where it kind of breaks the monotony. Or if you're not doing well with something, um, yeah. it can get you back on course a lot of times. So I've got some stones. They're natural, 75 to about 140. So yeah. at the time, this was probably three, four weeks ago, um, I was doing dead start squats, so it was. It's what John and I are doing right now together—a whole big thing. Um, yeah. And and it's about midpoint in the power rack, 
So you're starting off the rods, you're going four inches up, tapping the other rods, and on your third round, you hold it for a six-second push. So I went up to close to 600 that day. And yep. so I did my opener, my midpoint, and then, then the hold. But between each set, I went out and lifted the stones. Now, what I did was I brought them up. Uh, let's see, I think I got six of them, and I have the Atlas one that Danny lifted that day that's 61. So there's a total of seven. So I did my thing with each one, and then you get to that 61, and it's like after you've done all that stuff with the shoulders are crushed from holding stuff against the rods, I went and did that. You know, I curled it, but it felt heavy, man, because, you know, you're doing all that work. So I get a note back, and he says to me, that doesn't seem like much weight, all right? And I was like, <laughs> you know something? Everything with everyone is like, if you're going to try to go balls to the wall with everything, especially when you're working the rack like that, I guarantee you're going to get hurt. Especially when you're yeah. playing around with stones like that. I know they're not real heavy. One wrong move, what? Tear a bicep, you pull something, whatever. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah. I said to him like this. I said, if you're ever in New York... I said, make sure before you come, you know how to do a dead stop with a push hold squat in the rack. And we'll go through those seven stones. And I said, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to put you on your ass and you won't get back up. (laughs) You know what? Yeah, too right. Never never heard a word back. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I can't say too much about stone lifting. I've, I've not got any great experience in stone lifting. Um, but I, you know, I know Martin, uh, yeah. you know, is, is an expert Killer. and I've watched yep. some, some good stone lifting. Yep. So I'm a little bit clued up on it. I know a bit about it, but you can transfer it into, uh, that training that you were talking about yeah. into anything. Yeah. Uh, so people come into, uh, to the gym or come into the sport yep. and they are going to decide that they're going to go all out, uh, full hundred percent yep. at stuff. And, uh, okay, okay. And then two days later, they're in there again, going full out again, 100% at stuff. And, oh, yeah, this is great, and I'm yeah. doing great. And yeah. They keep posting up, yeah, I'm doing this, and I've got a record, and I'm, I'm doing this. Yep. And then after a couple of weeks, all of a sudden, they stop. Bam! Oh, what's happened? Yep. Yep. What's happened? Oh, yep. I'm injured. Yeah. Well, you don't say. You know, and that's what <laughs> a lot of people, they're not prepared to put the work in over a period of time to learn the craft and learn the experience. They just want to go straight in, uh, bullet a gate, and hammer it and hammer it and hammer it, and then they end up injured. Yeah. And it, then yeah. you start from scratch again, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, yeah. and then you hear the old thing all the time. Well, I guess it wasn't that great after all. And all this. It's like, hey, look, <laughs> it's like anything in life. If you're not going to yeah. put the work in, you're not going to yeah. get anywhere. And, it, you know, I know I know from training people here, people come in with great ideas you want to encourage, okay? But yeah. here's the deal. I can't lift it for you. I can't do the body weight movement <laughs> yeah. for you. I can't yeah, jump right. rope for you. All right. No, um, right. And I'm a big I'm a I'm a huge proponent of the old school York iron boots. Um, yeah. Oh, I've, yeah. I've been doing some massive stuff with the hips. I've got the original book with pictures of like Grimmick doing a lot of the stuff. And mm-hmm. I have really incorporated this stuff into my training. And I will tell you this. It has affected 
everything I do. And I'm talking squats, deadlifts, but stones especially because I've gone after the hip girdle more than I ever have in my entire career. I went and had the one-inch bar cut like Grimmick used to use to load the plates on each side of them. Um, I'm in this for the money, my friend. Uh, I'm going to be doing some massive things with this. So I think that, and I I have an original, it's one of the things. Um, I have an original glued ham machine from Michael Yeses, which I know he makes them again, but I have the prototype that he had used, like, you know, when he had gone over to Russia all those year, um, years for yeah. um, to find out why these guys were setting records everywhere. And I know, you know, you always got to hear the same thing. I don't care how much Diana Ball they were taking or whatever, all right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of merit to that machine. And if you know how to use that, you know, I always think about Regert or uh, Ahola. Those damn yeah. spinal erectors on them, they look, you know, you could bury your whole fist in that back, you know. Yeah. And, and like Perry Rader said, I've got an old article, I think, from a 69 or 70 Iron Man, and it says um, the erectors are the make or break of records, pretty much like yeah. that, to sum it up, and they are. Um, you comment on that. If not, I've got one question, um, and, and I'm sure it could be more, but... In your opinion, you've seen a lot of things, and if it's you, that's even better. Name me one of the greatest lifts you've ever seen by somebody out there. Wow, there's so many things to choose from. Um, well, you're going to be on here one, again, and I hope for a long time, so we'll ask yeah. you the next one. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to say I could give you some answers, but it take me a little while to sort out which is going to be the best. Well, all right, well, all right. Some, let's say, let's maybe say another one of your time top, when we chat. Yeah. How about one of your top five? Well, a friend, a great friend of mine, he was a world all-round champion for four or five years, a kid called Steve Angel. Yep, um, I've from heard of him. Down from the south of England. And uh, he zurchered, I'm trying to think what which lift it was. I think it was called the Continental to Belt. Okay. And this was one of the old lifts where they take the weight from the floor. Yep. And you've got to put it up on sitting on top of the belt. Yep. Now, that sounds simple till you try and do it. Okay. So with a lightweight, yeah, of course, with a lightweight, you can do an Olympic pull. Uh, and you can do an Olympic pull up and then bring it up onto the belt. And there it sits. So, yeah, you can do that. But... Steve was was a strong kid, and he was looking to do a big weight. And we had worked out he'd been doing the zercher lift, yep, and you know where you take the weight onto the knees, right. elbows through, and lift. Yep. And we said, you know what? There isn't anything in the rules for that lift that say that you can't zercher it from the knees and then bring it up and then rest into the top of the belt position. Oh, you have awesome. to remove, bring the arms out, and put yep. the arms on. Well, he blew everybody away i think it was 250 kilos that he zerched onto the belt unbelievable and uh, i think 200 was about the biggest weight anybody done up until that time roughly yep. mainly through the olympic pull type but but we'd worked on this together and it was just an idea we had we thought we'll see if it works and i gotta say that was one of the most impressive things i ever saw anybody that do. is man for uh, anybody you know, that doesn't know kilos that's five 550 pounds folks yeah 
Yeah. I mean, that, the belt. that's unbelievable. All right. Well, I mean, next time you're on, I got to remember, I'll yep. ask you another one. But um, yep. is there anything, you know, if there's anything you want to summarize here, Steve, be my guest. Um, I'm going to give out my well, info. Just hang on the line yep. and we'll, we'll sign off for today, my friend. Yeah, well, I'm going to say it's my bedtime now. It's quarter after midnight here, yep. so I better be off to bed. Okay. No, I've really enjoyed uh, speaking with you, Eric. I've enjoyed listening to everything you've said. I love the positivity Thank you. Uh, that comes through from your show. I've said to everybody, you know, I've already said that one of the most important things I think you should do is whatever you do, whichever sphere of strength sport you decide to go down is to follow your own heart follow your own dream yep. believe in your own ability and the most important thing that i tell everybody drum it into them, recognition recognition recognize yourself yep. if you recognize yourself and you're happy within your own ability you will be confident enough to have a go at anything and, and feel good with it yeah. Okay. So right. that's uh, me. That's me signing up. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24/7. Go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Um, Winners and Champions Inc. Don't forget to our Prosperity Conscious page. There's a twenty-five, fifty, and one hundred-dollar investment. It goes right to my PayPal account, and you'll be helping out something that's going to be here for the next 30 years between FBC and M&M. Also, too, um, if there's a show you'd like Steve and I to do, Fiorello Barbell at nightcap.r.com. I'm sure we can come up with some good stuff for you. Also, too, um, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. That's what we've gotten. We appreciate that. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. Um, if someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, never be afraid to give five words to inspire. We know what five words mean to people. There's a lot of people that need some inspiration, some somebody just to take some interest in them. Also, my mom, when we were kids, she would always say, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile. You never know what people are going through that day or all the events that's been happening. Um, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And as the great hoose of steel stone crusher says in blood red, domination. We are domination. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. As Russell Furr says, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. <laughs> it's more like a tidal wave. Um, and it gets bigger and higher and wider. And as I say, don't ever clip our balls either. We are here. We are here to stay. Let me tell you, we believe in this. Also, Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor, repetition, repetition, repetition. Quitters never win, winners never quit. My dad, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever, he would walk every patient to the door and say, keep smiling. I got news for you. On your best day or worst day, or you just want to walk around and say it, it will change the whole disposition of your life. Keep smiling. Um, as I always say, too, um, uh, I was going to say, um, I'm trying to think of the words I want to use here. Well, we'll just do uh, Les Brown. Um, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back. And as I said, stay with the family for the next 30 years. We need you, and you need us. And, you know, before we sign off with Steve, 
I've said this before. You all have greatness in you. You're all winners and champions, and you are unstoppable. And that's how you got to believe and do the things you want to do. Remember that burning desire we talked about? Find a goal and go out and do it. And I promise you, life will become much, much better for you. Steve, great show, man. Welcome to the family. And it was an honor. Very interesting. This is one of the best shows I've ever had. Um, You've just got so much behind you, and I just love talking shop and learning from people. So thank you for coming on, and I look to a big future with you and Eminem, sir. You're very welcome. It's been a great pleasure for me, too, Eric. Thanks, Steve. So for Steve Gardner, this show will be up tomorrow, by the way, probably in the afternoon. Um, We'll have it up. We'll get it out, and you can listen to some great, great stuff. So as I said, um, remember this. The world is asking something from you, and you can ask the world it, but it's great to go out and help somebody. You know, we talked about that with Steve's gym here. Choices you make, but when it comes down to it, it's all up to you. Be a thinker and a doer. We will talk to you soon. And remember, we talked about Vince Lombardi, the will. The will, the will, the will. Remember that. Be a leader, not a follower, like my pop always said to me. I love my pop, and I wish he was still here because he'd be so damn proud of what's going on here. This is Motivation and Muscle. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us, and Steve and I will talk to you soon. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.